Hey, loyal listeners, uh, you're going to love this podcast, but I just wanted to give you a heads up real quick. Right after the intro on the, on my track, for some reason, it started skipping. It does it for about the first minute and a half. You can hear what I'm saying, but it's just kind of annoying. But I wanted to give you a heads up. Just be patient. It's through the first minute, minute and a half, and then you get another hour and 20 minutes of succulent, meaty podcast juice. I'm telling you what, Mike and I tear it up. Thanks again for being a loyal listener. You are appreciated. This is AI Podcast, not artificial intelligence, agency intelligence. Our team's going to be 10 times stronger than all the other teams. A platform for agents. When people think of niche marketing, they're thinking so small scale. In real life agencies, sharing their thoughts. All you need to do is get in front of more people. To transform an industry. Better coverages, uh, better pricing, just better everything. Real. The difference between givers, takers and matchers agents i guess i took a slightly different path coming to the agency i know a lot of agencies you can partner your clients with those companies that are looking for that specific target market this is ai podcast are you ready i am let's go Hey everybody, this is Jcast with Agency Intelligence Podcast coming at you with a kind of a different uh, layout, a different flow, and I'm excited to bring it to you. I'm still going to bring you real agents, me and my boy Crowley. Uh, We're still going to bring you real agencies. We both got them. But we're going to bring you the real agency intelligence of things that you don't normally hear. And it's not the artificial that they make you believe. And today, that's what we're going to be doing. So I first want to introduce Mike. Mike, uh, this is Mike Crowley. Mike, give him, give him two seconds. Hey, everybody. Uh, Mike Crowley, uh, agency owner in Syracuse, New York, third generation family agency. Been in the business right out of since college, a little almost 14 years. And excited to be here today with uh, Jason. You guys don't know probably one or two of this. I did it last week, and there happened to be a really great podcast that rolled out. Her name was by Sid Rowe on the Atomic B-Waves. Um, and the thing that was great about this podcast was, is it if you guys, listeners, know, when you to February, March, somewhere around there, I was around closer to February, about right around March. I had uh, Seth Zaremba on, and I had him on for one or two times. And if you're inside the mastermind, Seth Zaremba and I did about two hours worth of phone calls early on Sunday morning for like two or three consecutive Sundays. And I released those inside the mastermind. So if you're a mastermind member, you know you know some of the conversations that have been had have been fantastic in describing what Neon is, what Seth is doing. But one of the things that was really good is I feel, maybe because I'm too close and I know a lot about what's going on with Neon, but I felt as if it was really laid out well. First of all, he, it was laid out from the master himself, Seth, at Brainshare for two and a half hours. But it was also laid out inside this podcast. And I want to frame up this podcast, but before I do, I want to let you know why I got Crowley. I got Crowley on. Because the reason why, sorry, Mike, it's Crowley, you call me Cass, you know how it is when, when, when we're bros and we chest bump and they'll find out on the podcast we've only had dinner once. You know what I mean? But we're boys, right? It's Crowley. It's Cass. Absolutely. You know? Yep. Yeah. You know, so, so here's the deal. I got Mike on because as we were doing the podcast, you guys are going to find out this was a really good podcast. Talked about family issues inside of a family um, agency. We talked about the most important thing that I have been thinking about but hadn't been able to put it to words yet was giving and receiving and not in the Thanksgiving way, not in the Christmas way, not in the birthday way, not in the charitable way. 
I'm not talking about in that. I'm not giving and receiving. We're not talking about biblical in this when I talk about this. We're talking about giving and receiving in when you are when you meet an obstacle in your life, in your business, in your career, in which choice you're going to take. And we discuss what Mike took. And and when he took when you when we discussed it, Mike, I had to like I had to almost stop the podcast on what we were discussing and say, hold up, dude, you just, you just hit something here. You remember that? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Mike, it was good. It was so good, dude. It's so good. It was so good. So anyway, so I, but, but it was the fact that Mike spoke with confidence. Mike really has a, his, his finger on the pulse of what's going on for the independent insurance in, in agent. You're going to hear him talk about how he wants to be the leader of the industry in his local community, right? There's a whole part of that. We're not even going to get into that because you got to save that for, for in two or three weeks. But when Mike and I were talking before I got off the, off the podcast, I said, you know what? I just listened to this podcast, Mike, and I want you to co-host this with me. Now, usually when we get real digital and data, you guys know that I always go to my boy, Wes Anderson. First of all, he's on the road today. But in the meantime, I told Wes, I said, Wes, I said, I think Mike is going to do a fantastic job because he's going to come with a position of authority in this industry, but he's going to come from a new mind of I've been there, I've done it, I've worked my butt off, I'm here, I still got a long way to go, but I see the future and I have a care about this industry. I said, Mike, we're going to get you. And Mike said, Cass, let's do it. So what I did is we took this podcast that we're getting ready, or this uh, Atomic B podcast. I, I, I believe today is Tuesday. Well, I know for a fact it's Tuesday, but today I believe the podcast came out today. It may be coming out tomorrow. I'm not exactly sure. I heard Sid say Wednesday, but then I heard Seth say Tuesday. So it'll be coming out. Fact is, this is coming out on Thursday or Friday, um, which is going to be the 7th or 8th. And we're coming out with this because she recorded this podcast a couple of weeks ago and she released it into the Neon Pilots Facebook group. It's a group of us for the Neon Pilots, some of the first agents that are going to be launching onto Neon. And inside there, she shared this for us to be able to listen to. And I, I sent it to Mike and I said, Mike, don't share this to anybody, but listen to this. I'm going to cut it up. And we're going to take two or three or four or five or six of those points in there, and we're going to bring them onto my podcast, and we're going to discuss them. Mike, now, is there anything else I told you? Am I leaving anything out? Is there any way to help frame this up, what we're doing here? Come on. You know you you nail it on the head every time. Spot on okay. right there. All right. All right. Fantastic. So, so going forward. Sydney is on a podcast with Seth Zaremba, who I say is the Steve Jobs of insurance. And then you have a guy by the name of Frank, uh, Frank Sintner. Okay. Now here's the deal. Frank is the Steve Jobs of insurance before Steve Jobs was, it was the Steve Jobs of Apple. Ooh, this is nice. actually, yeah, I mean, it, it really is. I mean, he really was And and you're going to find out that he was one of the grandfathers and creators and, and executioners of download. We're going to take this journey as to the way he sees it as to the way it was then. And we're going to cut that up and we're going to stop and we're going to discuss it. And we're going to get Seth's take and we're going to discuss it. And we're going to talk about this journey and it's going to give you a little bit more insight into what Neon is and the mindset of why this is happening and why it's happened to us and how we can stop it. 
Now, this podcast that we're doing here is not to get all the information out. This is like an hour-long podcast, and you're literally going to get probably a total of like 10 to 15-minute sound bites. Please go listen to the podcast. That's one of the reasons why I'm doing this is because I want to get this word out, and it's been framed beautifully for you in 53 minutes um, by the one and only Sydney Rowe. So here we go. Uh, I don't really know anything else to say. Other than Sydney is opening up and she's asking about Frank and Frank is explaining that uh, he was one of the, you may know the Sajida system, which is owned by Vertifor. The Sajida system um, was actually created by Frank and some developers and eventually sold to what is now Vertifor. And and in Sajida, Sajida had some of the first download capabilities for commercial lines insurance. There was some personal lines a little bit, but for personal lines or for commercial lines insurance, which is really is what is what we dominate the market in. I mean, we dominate eighty to ninety percent commercial insurance is written by an independent insurance agent. So that should have been the focus, but it wasn't. Was personal lines? Not going to get into that. But then that's where she starts to ask. Sydney does. What is kind of the history? of 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 kind of some of this am i right is there anything that you feel as if that was talked about mike up to this point where sydney is asking this no that's that's exactly how she laid it out to get the ball rolling and uh it was magic the way it kind of all came together it really was here we go so this is this is the first part of the conversation yeah how what was the um what was the journey of the download was that well actually i can tell you when the first commercial lines Accord AL3 download was done because I did it in conjunction with the Aetna. When they uh, uh, bought Sajida, we wrote that in 1989. I worked on that uh, with a couple of people from our side and a couple of people from Aetna, and we created the first commercial lines download. Uh, that seems like uh, it seems like we should have in the Insurance Hall of Fame like that day and time. I mean, if Neil Armstrong. Uh, is so well documented those first steps on the moon. It seems like we should be more specific than just 1989, Frank. But you know, it's, it's a funny thing. Um, I feel we, like this is history. It is in a way, and it was a, a bit ahead of its time. And I, I have a, a problem with that in my career being a bit ahead. Um, and it, we rolled it out to about 200 agencies um, and noticed that agencies were turning it off. And uh, the reasons the agents were turning it off, you'll appreciate this, the uh, commercial line system at the time that Aetna had could only store uppercase letters. And so what was happening was the download was overwriting their database with all uppercase letters. Oh my so God. When they went to do their nice, beautiful presentations in Word <laughs> to take out to their customers, <laughs> they were horrible okay they looked like all they were computer generated which isn't what the agents wanted and so they began turning it off now eventually the folks at, in at, 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 and i was gone by this time uh well and gone um they had figured out a way to interrogate the the data structure to say if there's no difference in the characters except some are uppercase you know, all uppercase don't overlay the data. In other words, they, they made it smart enough to avoid that problem, but it literally did cause a, a, a severe dip in the download, uh, the, the numbers of, of agencies accepting download through the early 90s into, it was late 90s by the time I was already gone in nine, 
I left in 96, so it would have been 97 or 8 that I think they managed to figure that out. Now, see, the thing about it is, is what we don't realize, and maybe a lot of you don't, I sit on the Ivan's communication or the Ivan's advisory board, and truthfully, the that is still an issue today. That we still have companies that download in upper and lower case. And here's the deal. You can get that fixed through Ivan's. That's a little side note. Ivan's, you can call Ivan's Connect, and they do have a team that can kind of assist you with. Because here's the deal. Some of agents still want it all in uppercase. I know it's crazy. It's crazy. But what I wanted you to take away from that was the the things that he's describing that were done is starting in 86 with personal lines up to 89 with commercial lines. That's still the way that we do it today. There's still the majority of agents who don't adopt that. And there's and and they still have that issue. They turned it on. It zilched out a bunch of their information because they had instead of them having this, uh, whatever this piece of data in that in that uh, in that area of the the the, the management system. Excuse me. Um, instead of it having it there, then it was populating it somewhere else. Now the download comes in and puts in the correct data into that field, and it wipes out the data that they were using to remember what bus they were insuring because they're all the same model, but they did them by different colors. That was something that happened. They were putting the colors in the VIN area. There was different things that were being done like that, and it erased it out. And and we're, it's one of the reasons why we're still not able to do it. And I think what's really, really crazy is there's there's a reason why all this started to happen. So you have to understand, and I, Mike, I want to get your point on this, and I want to get your feel for the download. But I want us to understand, to frame this up, that there's, there's something that was said to me by an agent. He said, Jason, I think when they originally came out with, I don't believe in the conspiracy theory that the carriers and them are out to get us. I don't believe that they're purposely doing this to harm us. And he gave the example, he said, when I think they invented Raiders, they invented it for true purpose of efficiency savings, trying to make it easier. But at the end of the day, we enabled and allowed this system to be able to see that it's not working in our advantage, that we're now putting in the data that the companies then control how we use and if we can access it and how we can access it and, 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 and if we can. And so now we've gone to that point. So yes, you're hearing here that at the initial with the company pushing that data, that there it was it was good. It was it was a good thing. It was a good way to eliminate duplicate entry. It was good for productivity. But now here we are 30 years later and it's morphed into something else. And it's morphed into a ball game that is not in the advantage of the independent insurance agency, and it is holding us back to legacy systems. Mike, what say you? Well, I mean, right off the bat, Frank says that it took eight or nine years for them to fix one little capitalization problem. And that still happens today with the way the download comes through or if a policy will even download. So agents are are forced to still, if we're not duplicate entering things, we're we're forced to double check to make sure that everything's there. And, and a great example, we have a new carrier that we, and, and I'm not going to name names, but we have a new commercial carrier that we're writing business with and getting downloads set up. And it's like, yeah, great, workers comp and this type of policy can get downloaded, but the commercial auto and the BOP can't. 
And it's like, okay, that's great, but you're, you're, you're helping us 50% of the way, not, not a hundred percent of the way. And, and, and how, how in today's day and age that still hasn't changed from the problems that started in 1989 is beyond me. I mean, we're talking 30 years and, and, and that's forcing, I mean, that eight or nine years that people were having that problem, they either stopped utilizing the technology to figure out a different way to do it. That, that problem is still happening now. And agents have adapted because of the legacy systems that everybody has. They've had to adapt either manual ways to do things. And then as new technology comes out, it's not easy for them to shift. Okay, hey, I have a 30-person office. We need to get everybody that's used to doing it this way switched to this way because somebody finally solved the problem. But they only solved the problem 80% of the way. That little 20% isn't quite there yet. And that's what we've been seeing over the past, I mean, ever since I've been in the business and, and even before. So that's what we're seeing. And we're not seeing the solutions because, as you said, you don't, we don't think it's the carriers really trying to, to stick it to us in a way there. But they're not focusing on making that the, uh, where they need to improve. And, and, and that's a, that's a huge, huge issue. I think in the industry in general is what is the pecking order or what is that to-do list that carriers have and what they prioritize at the top of that list or at the bottom of that list makes such a big difference because things that they could do extremely easily, just like you said, you make a phone call here, you can make some changes, you can do this. Something that you can do really easily to implement, they put at the bottom of their list, which means they never get to it, or it goes years and years and years before they ever get to it. And 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 we're seeing this in a whole bunch of different avenues, and it's causing a major problem when it comes to that that three person relationship of the the client, the the agent, and the carrier, and who's who's the customer for who? Right, and the boom, God, we could go on a mile up so deep with that, Mike. Yes. One of the things I love that you said going back is that, well, we download the BOP, we download the work comp, but we don't do the auto, the in the marine, the umbrella, any professional lines, no crime, no anything, okay? And you're like thinking to yourself, so this goes in a little bit into what uh, what Frank is talking here in a minute about how the companies in a way, their numbers show them they don't care because they put their own self first. I'm not downing the carriers for that. I'm not saying that that's not a wise strategy, but if we're going to be truly be partners, we need to be have a, a level fair of uh, fair play a gameplay, a game field. And here's what I mean by this. And I apologize, loyal listeners, my brain's going too fast, faster than um, than my mouth. The thing about it is, is when that carrier tells me they only do the business only, they only do the workers' comp, they don't do this other, do you know what they just did? They just created another process for my team. They just created another process that we now have to follow because the other carriers do download that or another carrier just downloads the bot but not the workers' comp. But then some of them do do all lines except for just not in the Marine. And these are nothing but – these are nothing but – processes that have to be adjusted, made exceptions to, and changed. This is a living nightmare. 
This goes back to the reason why Neon is so great because we're going to be able to use the data to pinpoint which carriers are those that are actually giving us those frustrations. Loyal listeners, you've heard me talk about this before. It's probably the same people who pay us the biggest contingencies. Because they know if they wiggle that contingency um, per- percentage in front of the agency owner, he'll, he or she will step out of their office and tell their team, let's start writing them. And the staff looks back at the office door as it shuts and they look at each other and think, Do they, does he or she have any idea how tough it is to do business with that carrier? See, that's the thing that we're now going to be able to have the data on. It, it goes so much deeper than that. Anything you would add before we jump to the next one, Mike? No, no, you just hit that so hard nail on the head. I mean, that was that was perfect because the problem is carriers don't even understand what the other carriers are doing. And when you're changing and I mean, unless you have three carriers in your office, this is a huge problem and and it's not going to go away. I mean, we constantly in my seven person office and 15 carriers, we sit there and we're like, well, which carrier was it again that does this or that? I mean, it's, it's, it's so, I mean, you have to have these, these processes written down and all that stuff. I mean, it's, it's literally uh, a confusion all the time. And I don't, I mean, neon is going to help solve so many problems, especially once the carriers, the agents, everybody starts seeing what it's going to do for this industry. Uh, it's going to make a huge difference. Absolutely, dude. And that's why I say those who will make it past the great separator will not be because they did more. It will be because they did less. I say this to you, loyal listeners, to let you understand that this problem is not going to go away. These carriers, remember what I said in The Great Separator a long, long time ago in The Customer Service is Just Foreplay. If you've lit, read my book, you know that I opened it up with a scene of two brothers. They were French. Their name's so long I can't pronounce it. And they're, they're at a circus at uh, Ringling uh, Brothers, and they're watching this circus. And one brother looks at the other brother and says, you know, can you imagine there being a circus in the future that has no animals? And the other brother looks at him and says, what are you talking about? And he says, matter of fact, they're going to pay 10 times the amount for a ticket. And they invented Circus Soleil. That's a story I tell because one of the questions I end the chapter with is asking you, in the future, who are the animals in the insurance industry? Is it the carriers? Everybody will make you believe that it's the insurance agents. And we know for a fact it's not. Because we know for a fact that the future is built on relationships. And we know and we know for a fact that data, people, and process will do nothing but enhance those relationships. And that right there, my folks, is saying, so where does the carrier come in here? Where do we start to be able to have the data to turn it around to the carriers and saying, here's how much money you're costing us. Here's how much extra work you're doing. Look at all this frontline underwriting. See, agents have always accepted that. Mike, Mike, don't let me get off here. Let's let's do this real quick though. Mike, Mike, here's the deal, dude. Like I was told that that's my job as a frontline underwriter. That's what you were told by your dad. And I'm not, and I'm not saying that that's not a bad thing when you're trying to understand your book and maybe who you 
I think your frontline underwriting of your agency should be targeting the client you're going after, not trying to weed out the bad risks for the gold that I am in my own mind digging up and selling to a carrier so that they can sell it and pay me a little bit as I drink a cup of water and go back down into the well. No, 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 no. That's not happening anymore. We're able to turn this stuff around and things are about to change. And my boy Seth Zaremba says it all the time. Cass, it's over when we say it's over. Toot, toot. It's over. It's over. Okay. It's over. I'm sorry, but I, I just, I, I get onto this so much about this frontline underwriting because it's just like, that is not our job. Our job is not to chase down protection classes. That the, the, the data is out there, company. You go find the protection class and prove it. Don't make my staff try to spend their time doing that. You know what? You're having a problem finding the driver's license. I can find driver's license numbers online legally because most of the time there's a systematic way that the, that the state produces it. So if we can do that, you go do that. You, you can't keep pushing this onto us. You can right now because we have no way of quantifying the tasks and the hours that we're spending we're getting ready to change that. And as you're going to hear maybe in this, but you'll hear it in the podcast, Seth talks about it. He doesn't want Neon to be its own. He wants people to copy it. He wants people to do that. That's the reason why you see the great companies in the world. They don't try to patent what they do because they understand Tesla. Tesla does not patent the things that they do because, because Elon Musk says, I want as many people as they can to copy it because when they do, we're a better world. The more people that understand the customer experience and the niche client and who they can go after and who their focus is to drive success, to drive less stress, uh, uh, stress to your to your employees, and to create that customer experience that's going to get them coming back and talking about you to people out there, you can't try to patent that. You have to try and have something like neon and many types of devices that are going to give us the data to be able to drive that home. I'm telling you, I've never been more excited than I am right now because we're finally getting it. Now, now let's take Frank's take on it. Okay, this is a guy who, keep in mind, Mike, I don't know about you, but as I was listening to this, I felt like I was talking to the Steve Jobs of Insurance, Seth Zaremba, but then I was talking to the Steve Jobs of Insurance. Um, Frank from the 1980s and 90s. Did, did that? Oh, does that make sense? Oh, it, that's exactly how the feel was. It was just- actually <laughs> Sydney brings that up a little bit. Was like because <laughs> Seth was like apologizing for like jumping into the conversation, <laughs> not on Sydney's flow, and she's like, no, no, no. When you two get going, this is just the way magic happens, and, and I'll, really- I'll gladly step to the side while you roll with it. It is. Well, here we go, brother. Let's let's listen to this next take. So I got into the business in 2000, and I remember going through cleaning out in the, my desk when I first got into the business at this agency had these brochures, and these brochures were from like 8990, and it, it touted things like we have many commercial computers that go directly to Continental Casual and another computer that goes uh-huh. to Buckeye Mutual. Yes. And there was a picture of a room with all these desktops, and you could <laughs> see people walking to each computer to, to make these entries into each system. I mean, and yep. we're not doing things that dissimilar today, except we're not getting up and going to the computer room to do it. And so as I hear about this and I think about my own journey and in, in insurance, um, I'm in horror because 
not much has changed from that. That's it's just shocking that that we now know the day and time when independence took a wrong turn when we started seeding behaviors to to these silos. And and yeah, we're not walking to individual computers to put in these entries, but we're still going into individual portals. And what Frank did and what he's talking about was a significant jump from what was happening before then. I mean, there were still carbon triplicates before what Frank was doing. You know, there was carbon triplicate forms that had to be mailed in and there were so many inefficiencies. So that process of walking around and doing insurance this way was a significant jump. But the fact that we're still doing it in, in 2019 and not too dissimilar of a way, I'm just having this moment of crying in my coffee as I'm listening to that because I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is the history of where we went wrong. Right. And, and, you know, the, the whole uh, carriers decided early on when the, the Internet got deployed that what they wanted to do was what everybody in the web wants to do is capture eyeballs. And so they wanted to force agents to use their platform for submission. And carriers have studied this. They know that if an agent is required to use their website to submit business, this is they crazy. will submit to half as many markets or less than they would if they put it into their management system and generated applications to go to all the carriers. Now today, we don't have to generate applications. We can generate an Accord XML message that goes to all of our carriers. But carriers do not want to enable agents to market to more than themselves candidly, okay? And they know that if they force you through this narrow funnel of their website, um, even, even though you don't have to get up from your desk and walk to the Continental Time Machine or to the, <laughs> the, the, uh, every, all the carriers had them, you know, you're still being constrained and it's still limiting your access to markets. That was the thing that Sajida, you know, because it captured all this very rich data and because it had the ability to generate the output, you know, in a data format or in a document format, whatever the carrier wanted, it enabled agents and empowered them to really market and submit business to as many markets as they cared to, not being constrained by the, the technology that the carriers dictated to them. You know, what's interesting about that, Frank, is, um, you know, back when the customer had no choice, when we had 101% of the 100% market share, and, and, and we just had to tell them, well, that's just how it goes. You know, that, that was, you know, maybe you could justify that back in the time. And you can certainly hear the motives and, and wanting from a carrier standpoint to do it that way. Right. But man, when you, when you listen to that now and you think about what the consumer can do and the options they have and the loss of market share since 2000 in personal lines and increasingly in commercial and small commercial here, um, man, you just think about the changes that have happened outside the industry and the lack of change in that viewpoint is is ultimately the liability that we all have to be fighting right now. And you know what? It's very sad. The agents in agreeing to acquiesce in this method of submitting business have empowered the carriers in their omni-channel strategy. Mm. They, they've given the carriers the uh, um, laboratory in which to test the uh, user interfaces to make them easier and easier such that they can even be easy enough for a consumer to use. 
No, that would never happen, Frank. Come on now. That's get the aluminum foil off of your head. <laughs> Quit writing that 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 fanzine that you distribute through the bottom of the mailboxes. That would That's never right. happen. That can't exactly. happen. <laughs> yeah, well, I've been accused. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Sid. I had to I had to rib him there. You know, one one who has been, have has seen it all. I mean, Frank, you've seen from the ground up what how this industry was built. And, you know, and Seth, you're looking at the future, like to, to Frank's point, being a little ahead of his time, like, you know, you, you're, you're seeing some things that might not have happened. I mean, Frank, does it make you nervous to see what Seth is doing? Does it, did, are you, are you curious? Are you confident? I mean, where are we going next, I guess, is the big question. Well, I, I will tell you, uh, first of all, I have to thank uh, Chris Paradiso, my insurance. Yeah. I spent the day with Seth and his team. I reviewed what they were doing. And I can't say that I 100% got it the first day, but it stuck with me and I continued to think about it. <clears throat> and then I was helping Chris actually prepare for his conversion to Hawksoft. And I was reviewing his data and you know, I, I, I was helping him to, to cleanse it before it got converted. And so I had access to how many active customers, active prospects, active policies, and all of his notes to file tasks, communications, and so forth. And I noticed that he had thousands of customers, tens of thousands of policies, and millions, and I'm not exaggerating, millions of transactions. And I said, oh, <laughs> I get it. Agents, the business transactions are important, but they're really secondary to what an agent does to advance this objective. I mean, this is the game changer for agents. And it's the right time, too. Um, the, the behemoths in our industry have reached the, the, the plateau. And... Um, Unfortunately for them, their their hedge fund equi private equity, you know, masters, motivations. Their their masters will not, you know, allow a downturn, and so there's going to be enormous pressure on them. And uh, I do think we're going to see some some cracks begin to, you know, surface in the facade there. And there's certainly a bunch of smaller, younger firms coming up who are willing and able to challenge them. And I know that the Neon platform is, is you know, in a, in an entirely, on an entirely different plane than those other systems, right? Because most people are, are, are looking at what already is there and saying, I can do it better. And what you did is look at what wasn't there and say, I can do it. Wow. There is so much in that. It's not called ridiculous. It's called reciculous. I mean, that is crazy. Okay, so so here's where I want to start with this, Mike. Let's start back when he's talking about these portals, right? So he's talking about the fact that the carriers have found out that when we go to the portal, their portals, rather than and, and we do that, we are, I can't remember whatever he said, but it was a large number, less likely to quote other carriers. I have to say that's with absolute truth. It's, it is in our office, right? Absolutely. 
I mean, you fill out accords, you put it into the management system, it populates the accords. All you got to do is copy and paste different email addresses and just fire it out with description of operations, full submission, boom, right? That's simple. I can send it out to seven in, in a matter of 20 minutes. Do, but if do, I got to go spend, spend that time, I'm still only going to do two or three. Well, and and the problem is if you're going to send in the Accord apps for your underwriting team or whoever else to review and quote that, in a, in a, that might, might be great in middle market and up. But small commercial is a huge problem in that because do you have a, a week, two weeks, 10 days, uh, three days if you're lucky to get a bop and a commercial auto and a comp and an umbrella quote back when a staff member can say, you know what, I think XYZ Carrier has a good market for this. I'm going to go in. I'm going to quote it. I can get this bound today if I want to because speed is, an, is a huge factor in small commercial now. And that's a problem. And that's a big problem because I'm not sending accords and waiting for people anymore. Like that, that is something that I, I refuse to do because I just get angry because nobody on the carrier side in those seats that are processing that understand the need the customer has today. And because of that, I don't have three days to wait to give a quote on small commercial. Whether I have to bind it in three days is a different story. That customer is trying to figure out what he's going to do and wants to know by tomorrow afternoon, or at least be uh, somewhere near knowing by tomorrow afternoon. And we're talking the easy stuff. And it's why the carriers started making it so easy to quote a BOP and to quote auto and to quote comp and do all that stuff, small commercial online. The problem is when you have 10, 15 carriers that have a market for this, what do you do? Right. And you pick and choose who who is the easiest to do business with, who you know has a great uh, market for that type of risk. That means the the other players that weren't known to have that kind of uh, market but want to get into it, they're never getting seen, touched, or, or heard from because your staff is focusing on the one or two carriers that they know they can go to. They know that they can process as fast and, and get it back to the, the producer to try and sell. Absolutely. And that is a huge, huge issue. Absolutely. And, and those companies, they know that are going to pull some of the data for them because it's going to make it simpler. And that goes right into what they were talking about next. This is something that Frank had brought to my mind that I'm driving down Interstate 64 in between Nashville and Centralia. And I'm literally punching the, 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 the steering wheel saying to myself, those SOBs. I never really thought because see, I'm just in a way, I'm very naive, Mike. I, I never thought that they that the genius, and I'm not saying they're doing it in an, in an ill, bad way. I'm just saying this is what's happened by us putting this information into their portals and saying, no, we like it when it does this. No, we like it when it does that. And they come out with a new edition and no, we like it when it does this. And we know it when like it does that. And they're using that as the, as the test ground, us, the test subjects. Remember, if you don't realize that there's a game going on, you're usually the game. And so whenever you usually have that happening, now we are testing this ground for them and they're showing, and they're bettering the, the direct model, which is actually our partner turning around and cheating on us. And they're really figuring out how to have a relationship with us so that they can really have a better relationship with the person they're cheating on us with, essentially, if this was a relationship, which that's what my carriers seem to make me try to believe this is. Now, this goes back, Mike, to what we were just talking about a minute ago with frontline underwriting. So I go online, I do a quote, 
I it prefills all my information. I it asks me ten questions, and boom, I get uh I get fifty quotes from fifty different carriers, and I can bind and then and I can roll on. But yet, some of those same carriers you quoted today, Mike, your staff did, and they had to ask seventy questions. And people will say, well, why do they do that? Because they're pushing the cost to you. For them to gather that information costs them money, like getting an MVR every time. So what they rather than pulling that information, they're going to say, no, you pull the, oh, you collect the information because that's what you've always done. That's what you've that's how you've always dug the gold up out of your mind for us. So why are you going to do it any other way? What do you say about that, Mike? This is a hot topic for me on this frontline underwriting. Go ahead. Well, I, I got a question for you because I don't know the answer for it. Okay. Do you remember when Personal Lines Raiders came out initially and how fast all of the, I would say the major Personal Lines carriers adapted to joining the the major rating platforms? Because I feel like we're right at that place now in the commercial end where commercial raiders are starting to come out or they're at least working on them. I'm actually demoing one this afternoon um, just to see how it is where not all carriers, major carrier players are, are, are joining into this because they don't want to. Just based on this conversation, they don't want to yet. Do you remember how long it took for all the carriers to jump into the personal lines aspect? Man, I, mean, I don't think we were using a raider at that time. No, I mean... I mean, I remember, I remember, uh, I, I had, I could use the Raider in 04, 05, 06. It only had a couple carriers on it. I still had to go to Progressive. They had their desktop thing. To me, I didn't know any different, right? This is before Facebook and really, I mean, the internet's here, but we're not using it to transact e-commerce in a hardcore way. And so I'm going to say, okay, hold on. So then I went to, I started my own agency in 2010 and then we had just gotten easy links because easy, that's a good point. Because Easy Links had just really got enough carriers that fit all, who we had that we felt justifiable to go on to them, and that was in 0809. So I'm going to say somewhere between five to seven years, maybe. I mean, even that. I mean, I would love to see if somebody had the ability to pull the data from that. That the carriers that fell behind did not join the early forces. What did their numbers look for? Look like for new business growth? Hmm, and because I'm not going to have my staff spend the time quoting in, in a rater and gets ten quotes, but then we got to stop and go direct into a carrier's platform to get one or two more, unless. I absolutely need that one of those options to sell that product because I can't sell that product with the other 10 for some reason because there's some fluke situation. And the same is going to happen in the commercial aspect. And, and if it's not happening now, it's going to happen where for small commercial stuff, it is all about speed and, and ease of business for us, the agents. And that is going to make a big difference on carriers if they're going to be involved. And I'll find more out today when I, when I demo that product just to see, okay, what kind of information are we have, do we have to put in? What kind are we getting back? What carriers are currently ready to go on this platform and which ones aren't, at least out of mine? So I can see, okay, well, if I can get seven uh, Main Street commercial risks quoted all at once, putting the information in whether it's putting it in once into the Raider or once into the management system, then into the Raider, either way, you're putting it in once and you're getting the numbers needed to narrow it down and you're locking the markets. So what's what's where are we going to be in that aspect? And are the carriers that say, no, 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 we're, we're fine in the way we're doing things, how fast are they going to adopt and change to that? 
because those are the ones you're going to see, okay, who are you in this for? Are you in it for the agent? Are you in it for yourselves? Are you trying to make the process easier for your agents? Or are you just worrying about how to figure a way to go direct to the consumer? And you're going to start seeing that with carriers if you're not already very soon. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, A.K. agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. Well, and once again, so if that happens, we are now doing the same thing. They are going to start conditioning. How is it easy for a business owner to get the information? What does the agent say the business owner doesn't have? So we make sure that we don't, they don't usually have whenever the agent's talking to them. So we don't make sure we ask that question when the business owner could go direct, right? How can we make it as simple as possible? Well, we don't need to know their financials. Uh, We need to know their FEIN and financials from the agent, but that's the information we can just pull off their address as a business owner. You know, they give it, they don't give that to us, but they give it, they give it to them. They give it to themselves because they know that that they're they're going to save money by cutting us out but they understand that agents have just continually taken it and not said anything that's the key to this whole thing and the key where this is also going to get different and is way big is is one of the things that Seth talks about a lot is he talks about that um he his goal and and keep this in mind this is a really really great saying I love when he say it he says that he is going he can't wait to dance on the death of download. And he, the reason he says that is, is because even Frank will tell you that download is outdated. It started in 89 and it's outdated. People aren't using this anymore. I can't tell you the company, but it was just released this morning to us neon pilots about a major insurance company. Um, they're a super regional, a very big super regional, one of the highest technology advanced companies out there. We used to represent them when I was at my prior agency before I started. Not only that, I was talking with Dan Burris last week, the futurist, um, about this. And he told me he did some um, some consulting for the insurance industry recently and with one of the most advanced companies he's ever seen. And he named this company as it. And I was like, wow, this company is so into neon that they now have created an interface that, think about this, folks, that Think about unsiloing everything to where when you look into your management system, you're just not looking at communications and records of a certain client or a certain task. You're looking into what the company sees. What are the what are the phone calls they've received for them? What are the reports they've ran to where it's in an all picture the most uh, when most people remodel their house today, they like an open floor plan. This is the first time I've ever thought of it this way. Think of an open floor plan for your management system, not where everything's siloed off into rooms and into sections and you got to go over here to get this over here. No, to where you just pull this and pull this and boom, you can bring it together to make it happen, to create real reports between you and the carrier, you and the vendor, the vendor and the carriers, so that the person on the other end who pays the bills called the consumer is going to get 
the best experience possible. By being partners, all of us are. And what happens is that puts us on a level playing field that does not give the carrier an advantage over us or us an advantage over the carrier or the vendors. This gets us all on the level playing field, all sharing the same data so that the customer wins. That's what it's all about. And that's what that's all we're trying to make here. And we can't patent this technology because we need more people in this industry thinking this way so that we can still be here in 10 to 15 years. Mike, what say you, brother? But you know that 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 brings up a great point about carriers willing to share the data. And I mean, we have carriers that they expect us to feed their system with data, information about the client. And when I say to them, all right, well, if let's say it's an email address, all right, I give you an email address for one of my clients, but that person goes on your online platform and changes it because the email address I had was for their old company. They moved jobs. They got a new one. They change it. Will you notify me that that email address got changed? Will you even run a list so I can have somebody compare my list versus yours? And they said, no. And it's like, why? And they're like, oh, well, if you used our, our like service center, we would. <laughs> I'm thinking, well, that's not going to happen because I'm the last agent on earth and I'll, I'll put the stamp here right here that will join service centers. It's, the, it's not the way I run my agency. And, and I think they're great for some agencies if that's the way the agency set up. The way our agency set up, we will not ever have uh, utilized service centers. I will have other solutions that fill that. And because of that, it's like, wait, so I'm not going to use this. So if somebody changes something direct with you, I don't get notified of that information. And it's just like, just hands up in the air. Are you kidding me with what their mindset is? And the same goes for claim information or any of the other stuff. When you start trying to find notes and information on what's going on with a claim, some carriers are all about it. They have details, how long the conversations were. I mean, I mean, the date, the time, the phone call, it was a six minute conversation. And this is what we talked about. Other people are like claim filed, opened, and then claim closed. There's no notes. There's no nothing else that we can get in the system. That lack of sharing of that data is a huge problem. Not even just having the system that'll do it and that'll give us all that information and organize it. I'm talking just the carrier's willingness to do it. And it just kind of shows you who's playing in what ball field and where they want to be. Yeah. Who's playing in whose best interest. Mike is a nice guy. Cast no filter. Who's playing in whose best interest is what they're doing. And that's what you're saying. They are not playing in our best interest in this. And here's the deal. They will. They're not bad people. They're not bad organizations. They're not bad vendors or bad carriers. They're, they're, they're very good. It's just that we've allowed this to happen and we haven't been able to come together, hashtag indie tech, and be able to establish, to say it. And here's the other thing. And here's why the carriers welcome this, because they want to move forward. They want to see the channel thrive. They understand. It's it's so funny. I hear it so many times. I was talking to the CEO of, of Swift lately. I've talked to the uh, head of insurance for uh, Hippo, uh, Hippo, and they'll all tell you, they all came in with a vision of just going direct to the consumer. And it took literally less than a year to year and a half to realize they had to have the agent. These are high tech companies that are saying this. Will that change in 20, 30, 40 years? Can't say, don't know. I'm willing to bet no because we're going to enhance the relationship. That's one thing they can't figure out is, is really if you want to enhance the relationship with the customer, don't go directly to them. Help me 
Well, enhance the customer relationship, and that's all you got to do. A perfect example is what what are the captive carriers that used to be a huge player in in, in this industry? What are they doing right now? They're all of them. They're losing a lot of money. (laughs) They're losing a lot of money, and they're all trying to get into the independent channel. Mm -hmm. All of them. All of them. All of them. Either they've they've done the full force on the switch, like Nationwide did, or they're opening different arms that says, okay, well, yeah, we got our direct market over here because we're going to keep that going, but we're going to purchase a company and now get into this this aspect. Well, that's pretty much what Nationwide did five, six years ago. They bought a couple, two decent-sized regional carriers that just basically said, you know what? We want to be in this because we that's where we see the value because we can't replace our aging workforce that has the brick and mortars on every other street corner. And unless they go full digital, when there's an agent involved, it's got to be an independent agent. That's where the channel's going. That's where that's where the industry's going. And that's where the, the tech companies are seeing this. Are we going to just be able to sell to the consumer in the, in the, in the Geico format? Or are we going to need a boots on the ground type agency front running because they're, and you said it before, the relationship's going to win this, and the re- and and this is where even our carriers need to uh, adjust their mindset a little bit. We have, I mean, you mentioned it before. We're a family agency. We're third generation. We've had clients for fifty plus years in specific carriers where we never had to move them. They were happy with XYZ carrier. Their rate stayed relatively flat. There was no major problems, and they were happy being in that carrier. But they have no relationship with that carrier. They don't care about that carrier. Well, at least once a week, I have somebody tell me, my God, you just tell me which carrier to go to and I'm fine with that. I don't care where work insurance company it is that you're insuring me with. And if in five years you need to change it for whatever reason, change it. Because I am, I am, you are my, like, you're my person. You take care of me. And that's the mindset that a lot of consumers have. Even in today's day and age, there's no brand loyalty to the carrier. If the agent is doing what they're supposed to do, they're building the relationship and the and the the, the, the brand loyalty is with the agent. And that's how the, the mindset is, is where you, you go back and, and the carriers are not out to get us and they're, and they're trying to help in ways. It goes back to that priority list. The things that can extremely help the agents to make uh, some changes is at the bottom of that list where they're like, oh, how can we make it easier for the consumer? Well, the consumer doesn't care because they're going to the agent for things. And the agent needs to make things easier for the consumer. You forget the the chain of command here. They skip over it sometimes thinking it's going to be better. The problem is it's not. They're putting things that can help us in 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 the rearview mirror and trying to change all these things. And it's not easy to do. But then again, and we talked about this on our, our last podcast we did is, is, if you don't retrain these customers on how to use what the carrier is trying to do, their nice, fancy uh, online pay or mobile app or, or whatever else, claim reporting through another app or whatever the case may be. If, if you don't train them how to use it, they're not going to use it. But who's, the, who's that relationship going to come to to figure out how to do it? I can't, t- I can't tell you the amount of times that somebody has a claim and, and now you got the nice new systems where you can report a claim by sending in pictures and you can download an app and do it all and it, and it works great. And I, I, and I do really like it. The amount of customers that drive into my office and have one of my staff members or myself walk them through and do it for them because either A, they want to make sure they don't mess it up or two, they don't understand how to u- utilize it. Okay, so that's, that's, that's the priority list. 
and they need to shift that priority. I mean, I look at, I had a conversation with a couple smaller regional carriers because when you get a smaller regional carrier that people have not heard of before, all right, uh, normal consumers aren't going to know the name of every insurance company. They know the, the large ones that spend billions on advertising. They don't know the small ones. So when the small ones are the, 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 the carrier of choice by the agent and, and we present that and say we present it through a nice uh, online quote video, which we do, and I know you do, and we present, okay, here's the carrier. And they've never heard of that carrier. What's the first thing that they do? They Google that carrier. Okay. Who leaves reviews for an insurance company? Pissed off insureds. Sometimes they're third parties that aren't even involved because, hey, my, my 30-year-old roof leaked and you won't pay for a new roof. Like it's, it's, it's not accurate data. And because of that, they look and they're like, oh, they have terrible reviews. I don't want to be with this insurance company. It is a simple, simple step that carriers can do to try and improve their online presence, especially when they're not the large carriers that people have heard of. And they refuse, and they know they have to. I've had the conversations for years, but they don't do anything about it because it's way down on that priority list. And it's just a small example like that that this is causing some influx and some problems that it's like, all right, no, stop. Think about what's really going to make a difference for your agents. Because your agents are the ones that are sending you the business. These people aren't just buying online through you. You're an independent agent carrier using independent agents. Why are you trying to solve to make things easier for the consumer when they're not the ones coming and buying products from you direct? Right. And I mean, it just goes back to it. That's, I mean, they, they're they doing everything they can. And it, the way that I see it also is they're just funneling that data right around us as well. You know that data it's just going right around us right around us and 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 I don't I don't think that um we're going to have it's not similar but it's kind of similar to if you live I don't I don't know who where you're listening to this from so I'm going to act like that you don't but in 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 mid in in the in the mid in the Midwest here we have a lot of towns that you know are 8 10 12 miles apart and it's just a two-lane road in between, and then it's another eight to ten miles, and boom, there's another town. Now, I don't know this to be true also, Mike, but they say that it was that way because it usually the average wagon wheel, would, seriously, would last eight to ten miles on average before it would have some kind of repair. So there was always a person there that would that could give you um, – that could fix your wagon, and so then slowly – developed a town. That's what they say. But anyways, the point is, is as that two lane road is going through, all these businesses is developed. And literally the state came through like 10, 15 years before and said, listen, we're going to put a four lane road in and we can't go through the middle of downtown. So what we're going to do is, is we're going to go out and around the town. So from the air, if you're driving over some of these, these, these uh, two lane roads that are now four lane roads, literally they just go around the town. And, and what happens is, is they told them like 10 to 15 years out that they were going to do that. And now these, these, these roads have opened and all these businesses are dying because no one's going through the middle of town. And it's kind of like, you, you didn't have to leave the town, but you had to start strategizing. How do we get back to where the, the data is? See, the people is where, how do we get back to where that was? And, and they're giving us all the signs that this is happening. It's just you have to be willing to listen to it. Now, now this is we got to continue on. 
because we got we got another p- last piece of meat here. And this is something, this was a take that Seth had about this. So we've really kind of understood how Frank is. We really kind of understand the download history. We kind of understand where Frank is going with this, um, how the perception is of how the companies want us to go into their portal, how they're now using those portals to fine tune and groom their systems for the direct market. Um, and, th- and that really starts to make sense as to how they're collecting that data. And I love what you were saying, Mike, is that they're using all this data that people can make claims through their through their app. But when they submit that, it doesn't come to us. It goes directly to the carrier. I want to let you know, Insurance Agent Mobile app, for all you loyal listeners, is changing that. And you will be hearing stuff about that very soon. But in the meantime, it's taken them years to do it. And they've only been able to do it with a couple carriers. Why is that difficult? Well, there's a lot of reasons why. But let's get on to this next part and the last part of what Seth has to say here. Which is exactly the point I got to and said, I'm, I'm, I'm operating my business in the wrong wrong way the the technology is valuing the wrong thing and, and that's really what brought me all you just said is where i was at and i was like we got to fix this and change this and sid um it is an and because you're not going to change you know the legacy you know providers of technology do have 99 percent of the marketplace right so but they're going to have to solve it with all these bolt-ons and all these add-ons and all of these things and, and it's just going to be a continuation or iteration of the current problem, which is just stacking teacups of technology to the ceiling and asking agents to adopt and pay for the whole thing. And and when you have the motive of private equity or outside interest and you have to return 20 or 30 percent on every dollar of investment, that gets to be a very exhausting process. And so it is ripe for change now where we just start again. Nobody, including Frank, would build it now the way it exists. And so if we were starting today, what would we do? And that's really what we're focused on. And that's why I'm so enthused when I get around Frank, because Frank had that premonition or that recognition of that for years and has been moving throughout the industry with people like Arius and other um, vendors and saying, hey, we could do this, we can do this, and we can do this. And I think what, you know, what really gets me jazzed about being around Frank is like, hey, what if we just started again? And I think that's why Frank flew out. He's like, wait a minute. Nobody's just starting again. I got to see this, right? So <laughs> it's it's a chance to try and try and start again from scratch the right way in a modern and see who wins, you know? Let's race them. Let's put them side by side and who can perform in this new environment where customer relationship and information between a carrier and agent can make us as good or better as anybody else. Let's let's put these cars together and let's let's flat track them and see what happens. Let's see who can win this thing over the next 10 or 15 years. And I'm betting all the rubber on my tires that if we started the way we should operate today, like we're doing with Neon, and 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 take our chance against the legacies, we're going to do just fine. And and here's the thing: if we do this the right way, and this is what I'm I'm passionate about, we're going to inform the industry, and the industry is going to have to change. If we're right, what we're doing, they're going to have to change. And in the end, everybody wins. I mean, someone asked Tesla, you know, why don't you patent so much of your stuff? Like, because you know, we want people to copy it because the planet wins if people start making electric cars the planet wins. And I would say this, if people start copying what we're doing and how we're doing it, the the industry is going to win because we're talking about moving data around in a cooperative way so that we can do what we have to do to survive, which is take care of the customer. Uh, to all you loyal listeners, sorry to, to to ruin that input. I forgot that I actually put that in there of all the the different takes that I have, but that's just well said. There was a part that I wanted to add in here and I couldn't get it to download. It's actually, um, 
I shared it, I believe, on the Agency Intelligence Facebook page. And if I didn't, I should share it there. I know I shared it in the Mastermind. But it was a two-minute clip from the BrainShare um, sessions. Because shameless self-promotion, if you go to AIBrainShare.com, you can get a copy of the BrainShare uh, downloads. Uh, that's over nine and a half hours of these type of conversations. Unbelievable. And even some stuff with Billy. But anyways, he was talking about this in there with uh, when it comes to how it is. He, he, he gives a two-minute little speech about the fact that the higher-ups and the people in the industry that are up there making the decisions are not talking about the things that we're talking about. They're talking about data. They're talking about how they can use that to marginalize their business, to, to increase profits, to increase productivity. And if you become a part of that, that doesn't want to be that type, this is where you're going to have problems. This is the great separator. This is data people process that if you don't understand this. And so we're telling you that we're going to go around the town and we need you to start understanding that so that you can start investing a little bit of your time and your money and your effort into understanding this change that's going to make your life better. And then one of the things that he goes on to elaborate is he says what the carriers are doing to us, and yes, not by conspiracy theory, not because they're out to get us and they're bad and evil, but because we've allowed this system to be created to where they make us go down into the mine, they make us dig the gold, they make us bring it back up, we give it to them because they've told us that they know how to sell it better than we do, they sell it at a higher price. They then turn around and give us the scraps if it was good gold, i.e. profitable business. And then they give us a little piece of it after they take out their expenses. And then they let us take a little drink, a sip of water, and they send us back down in the mine. Here's the kicker. The mine is owned by us. It's our mine. It's, we're, but we've allowed that to be changed. And that's what Neon is doing. That's what Neon is doing. Neon is just not, is not saying, now we are the repressed, so we're going to repress you. It's no, 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 no. Let's work collectively here because let's understand that this is my mine, right? But you can have all the mine in the world, but if you don't know how to mine it, you don't know how to get it out, and you don't know how to get it to the market, it's a process. And that's what vendors and agents and carriers should be doing together. And that, is the purpose of what Neon is. What say you, Mike? Well, <clears throat> after hearing Seth go on right there, if if anybody that has never met Seth in, in person or have talked to him, but is starting to understand what his goal is here, if you are not 150% behind the, the mentality of what Neon is going to do, I mean, he is basically saying, I want everybody else to line their vehicles up next to mine. And I don't even care if I win because in the end, we're all going to win. And it's not, I need to do this for money. I need to do this for fame. I don't need to do it for anything else. He's doing it to improve the independent way of doing business and the way we do business and, and how we own the data. We own, in theory, we own the customer. And that is, I mean, just listening to, I can listen to that all day long because that is by far the greatest, greatest thing.
And, and if, if everyone's not a hundred percent on board behind this, cheering him on, you need to stop and rewind this and listen to that again, because he isn't doing this for himself. He is trying to improve and fix the problems that we allowed to be created over the years. And he's doing it in a way that is so selfless. It is amazing. It is so selfless. There is no better word. He calls it the righteous. He says that this will be done for the righteous. So, because folks, keep in mind here, this is just, I'm, we're just, we're just like, I got my little fingertips in the water and just, and just piddle padding on the water surface of neon. Because there's a step here where when we have that data and we can autonomize that data and use it for our own agency and autonomize it and share it for, with other agencies and share it with carriers, that's called a revenue stream. That's called a revenue stream to those who are autonomizing and sharing the data in a structured way. If you remember Cast Dog saying, before I even knew of Neon, didn't even know of it, I was doing preparing last summer for my presentation, The Great Separator, at IAOA in January of 2019. And I stood on that stage and people looked at me crazy. And I said, in the future, the value of your data will be worth more than the revenue of your agency from commissions, and it won't even be close. And they looked at me and they said, what the hell is he talking about? And I looked at them, Mike, and said, I don't know, but I just know it to be true. That's exactly what I was saying in my head. And that's when the live video, Seth was happened to be watching it. And that's when he called me immediately and was like, bro, I built it. We, like Seth always says when he talks, he says, dude, we dream the same dream. And, and that's how we know it was there by listening to what other country or do what other industries are doing, looking at how things are being changed and how the industry is rocking. I'll give you two examples to you loyal listeners in case it's your first time listening because you're an atomic B listener and you wanted to hear Mike and I break this down. TVs today are sold at far less money, not because in the fact in the past they needed to make a profit off the sale. Not today. The companies today that make TVs want to sell it to you at cost because for the next 10, 15, 20 years that you own that TV, they're going to sell the data that comes from it with your permission. No, Jason, I opt out. You can opt out of every app and everything you want, but there's certain things you just can't. And second of all, if you ever opt into just one, you just now opted into anything. Keep that in mind when it comes to those apps and the things that you're doing. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I think the more we share data, I think the more it benefits society and everybody. People are going to use it in a negative way. I get it. But my point is, is they used to make, let's say they sold you a TV for a thousand dollars and they had 50% margin in it. They made 500 bucks today. They're going to make that in one year of the 10 years selling your data to the consumer to make the experience better for you. That's happening. There are people right now that work at um, that work at Apple that wear Apple uh, watches, and it is synced through a network through a lot of different things. And I'll give you an example. And you may have heard me say this in the past. Mark McLaughlin from IBM, the director of global insurance uh, for IBM, is the one who has told me about it. He has it, and he told me that if he doesn't go to the gym for two weeks, that the gym will notify the health insurance company. The health insurance company will notify the gym. Then he gets a text sitting at home saying, Hey, you haven't been in for two weeks. Um, here's a, here's a discount code. If you come in, we'll give you a free, uh, smoothie or whatever workout shake. 
I mean, he's thinking to himself, well, I can't really right now. The wife's at work and I got the kids and ding, ding, ding. They know that, right? And they send him in a little text that says, hey, by the way, um, there's daycare service where you get by one hour, get another hour for free. And that's great. But we live in the city. We only have one car. Ding, ding, ding. Uber now is giving you special rates if you want to go in the next hour. These are the type of things that are lining up for this gentleman's life to make sure that he stays on track in his health so that he can better the overall system, the overall health plan of IBM to lower their cost. It's through data that's happening. It's through people it's happening and it's happening through process. And that's the great separator. And that is what we're talking about here. When we talk about neon, we talk about all these cool things, Mike. We talk about all these like, oh, we're going to be able to do this and this and it's opening up data. But take it a step further and understand how that data starts to relate actually to your agency and how you can get smarter off the dynamics of your agency, but also off what other people have done. And they have similar customers like you and how they were successful and how they failed. The insurance companies are willing to pay millions and millions of dollars. And that's why Seth says this has to be for the righteous. Because if we don't do it, somebody's going to do it for us. It has to be for the righteous. And that's really, really important. And you may have heard me say in the past, little listeners, there's only two ways to do things, either the right way or the fair way. In family, you do what's fair, but in business, you do what's right. And not everybody out there has your best interest and your best intentions in doing what's right. And that's why we have to. And this is the game we're playing. And I also want to, I want to end with this. And Mike, I want to, I want you to, I want to hear your, your take on some of this stuff, but I want to, I want to end with this real quick. I want to, before I go on, is that I want to talk about I don't want to talk about it. I just want to let you know. In most states, if you lose or misuse the data that you have in your office and it gets into somebody's hands that shouldn't get it, you are 100% legally liable in most states. But do you know that most states do not even classify and, and, and define what an independent agent is? In most states, the only way they define it is by saying that the agent in that state owns the rights to effective dates, kind of gives a little bit of clarity to we're allowed to, people don't understand us owning our effective dates is huge. We couldn't do any financing if we didn't have that. And, and, and the thing is, is here's what I want you to know. No one will say that it's your data. No one will say, Mike, that's not your data. That's what they all say. Mike, that's not your data. That's our data. It's in our system, blah, 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 blah. But wait a minute. The law says that if you lose a piece of that data, you're liable. How can, how can I be liable for something that I don't even own? Because the person who owns the data, who claims to own the data, they the ones should be liable at the end because they let me use the data. And so that's another thing we have to do. And we're going to be able to do that through some of the dynamics that Neon is creating the infrastructure to actually at a legislative level be able to nail down whose this data is and it is our data mike what say you brother because they because they still think that they own the customer that's right goes it back go, to what it, you were it saying goes yep. that, it goes back to that mindset we own the data we own the customer they're our customer they they're paying us we're paying you the question is and and we've been and this this happens quite often it's called book rolls if if a carrier doesn't have the right mindset if they don't have to do do what's right it's very easy for us to say well you know what we're moving our clients into different carrier and you can't do anything about it 
And 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 that's the that's that's the whole mindset here is they want to they want to still hold on to think that they are the ones owning the data. It's our data. It's in our system. You can't have it. Well, no, we could always just re re go get that data again because we are taking that customer and we are moving them to somebody that will share all and be open and honest and everything else in there. And that is, I mean, and, and I was in your, in your presentation for the great separate separator and, 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 and I, and I listened and, and, and watched and you could see the people, I mean, there was 800 to a thousand people in that room and you could see the faces when they're just, their, their jaws drop and then they're not they're, They nod their head. And then they're, they're, they look surprised because you hit on so many different points throughout that process. Okay. Here's where this person is now. Here's where they're going to be next year. Here's where they're going to be in five years. And this is, this is the, the path that they're going on. This is the road that, that, that the customer is going to expect. This is the road that they're going to want. And this is the agent they're going to want to deal with. And this is a problem and it's been a problem in our industry for so long is that even with the tools that are starting to try and help this, our carrier or our agents going to jump all in. Are they going to tell carriers that uh, are pushing against this this path? If they're putting the roadblocks up, are they going to pull their book of business until carriers change? Are uh, technology solutions that they do use now, if they're limiting thing, are you going to change? And the way our industry normally goes, the answer is no. People don't change. The, a lot of the, the, the agents out there, they, they, they got stuck in the way they've always done things, the way the industry allowed it to be, and that's where they stayed. And the, the, the big push is going to be, and, and this is where Neon is going to be the, the front runner on this, where can agents make the change with the systems that are make it easier that's going to basically force carriers to adapt to it? And we're not talking that eight or nine years that Frank mentioned getting rid of capital letters. We're talking in a short time frame, we need to push that change where people say, okay, it's, it's November. And by the end of the year, we're going to have this fixed Yep, and we're yep. on board. Yep. And I think what we're going to see a huge part of it, Mike, is going to be this new hashtag indie tech. And it's, I mean, it's seriously, no joke on the beach in St. Peach beach on the last night of brain share, there was uh, probably 15 to 20 of us sitting around and, and I literally was only there for like two seconds. So, I mean, I literally, I, I, this is just the story that was told to me and I guess they came up with indie tech and it was a really good point because if you really think of the insure tech companies, the insure tech companies really have, don't have a lot for agents. They really have a lot for companies and or they went to companies and said, what could we do for the agents and you to make it easier for you to process business with the agents? Very few, very few tech companies, a lot of them did back in 2011, 2012, 2013. I was getting calls all the time. How can we help you? What we can we do for you? A lot of that also came to the demise of the agent as well because the agent wasn't good at helping themselves and understanding what the insure tech companies were doing. But they've over time, they've focused more in the company arena. That's where 90% of their focus is. And, and, and what's left happen here is the agent has kind of created their own little market. We've created our own little thing to say, okay, well, fine. You know what? If you're not going to do it, and also, also notice as a side note here, Mike, notice he never uses the word AMS, as Seth does. That is by plan and design. 
because the number one question they get is, is Neon an AMS? He calls them legacy systems. That's what he says. And he says that for a reason because they don't even know. Like they don't really know what to call. Me, in my opinion, I call Neon a customer relationship manager. That's what I do. Now, they don't want to say that because they want to say, well, that's like a CRM. And I think we're looking for some new kind of term or something. But to me, CRMs have never been what they are. Like CRMs and AMSs are going to be what Neon is combined. And, and, that, and that, is the, that, that is one of the real deals that... Uh, that I see there. So, so I think that you're going to notice with neon, it's going to be a lot of other aspects than just some of the stuff we're discussing. The point of this podcast, Mike, was to let these people know, go listen to this full podcast. Swear. This is literally like 15 minutes of this 53 minute podcast. It's fabulous. You get a lot more in depth as to the history of it, which is very interesting because when you look at this history and you look at the 80s and 90s and then you look at where we are now, it's very similar. And and that's a and that's a bad thing because it's similar, right? But it's also a good thing because that's when the change finally occurred to download in 89. And you're hearing the guy who invented that say, I never in my life thought – one of the things I say all the time, Mike, I say this a lot. I knew transformation would come to the industry. I just never knew – I was starting to doubt if it would come in my lifetime. When I got on the plane and went to Cleveland and saw it work for seven hours inside of a inside of an agency, Zinc Insurance, I came back and I remember on the plane back, I told Travis, Travis went with me. I said, dude, like I, I just saw transformation. Like we just witnessed the industry and what it will transform and look like in one year, five years and 10 years. Like we're seeing it right now. And, and it's so exciting, Mike, to like, we're literally talking about Apple like they just formed Apple and they're putting it together and you and I happen to be sitting in a board meeting listening to it and like, shit, let's do a podcast and let everybody know about this. Like that's where we're at right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that it, it's at the beginning of this is what it was like at the beginning of Google. This is what it was like when Amazon was making their flywheel, according to Jim Collins, good to great. This is what it was like. And 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 how I know it's that way. Is there's so many people that doubt it. So many people that doubt it. And that's how you know you've got something and that's not their fault. And they won't and I won't and I won't bad those people for in 3 to 5 years when they think differently. It's okay. Transformation is so hard to accept. I mean, I didn't give up those CDs to put in my car until 2008, 2009. They came out with iTunes and they were streaming music back in 2002, right? It took me a while. But now I can't even tell you where a CD is, right? Mike, I want you to close up, buddy. I want you to close up with this and let's wrap this up. Well, the, 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 the perfect thought to extend on that is basically to talk about how he, Neon, makes you think of your data. And everybody needs to stop and just bring back to their agency how they're collecting data. What are they doing with the data? Even if they're not doing anything with it, are you collecting it in a way that, say this gets released in, in, in 18 months that's open to the public, ready to roll, what are we going to do? We, need, we want to take a look at your data, give it to us. Let's put it in the system. Let's figure out how to do this. I will guarantee there is 70% of the agents that aren't really doing much with their data, even collecting it. True. And and there is where, and, and I did this about, it's probably almost two years ago, or at least maybe 18 months, when Sidney Rowe went and interviewed Seth Saremba about Neon in the very beginning of what is he looking at? What is he planning? 
And she sent me this, this interview in this 20 minute clip and, and my mind just blew, but it was just so outside the box thinking because that wasn't the way agencies thought. That wasn't the way we thought of our data and, and how many times we interact with our customers and all this other stuff and how he's talking about how, you know, I want my system, I want my dashboard to tell me this when I come in and it's going to summarize everything in a format where you're going to know how much premium uh, was paid in in the lifespan of this client, how many times you talk to them all these different rankings, all these different things all rolled into one dashboard. So when I walk in that door, I can say, you know what, these might be the 10 most uh, likely clients that might leave us. And I'm going to make a phone call as the agency owner right now to see what more I can do for them. And what the way he presented it and the way I started thinking being like, wow, where is my data? And I just stopped and started thinking, okay, what do we need to do to make sure that this is in an, in an avenue that at some point, whether it's three, five, whatever many years down the road, that if I transfer my stuff into through one box into another, that that box is going to be able to read my data and I'm not starting from scratch because then that's going to take X number of years longer. So what can I do? What can my staff do? What can we do on a, on a daily basis to, to organize our data in a way that's going to be able to be broken down? And I think that's what everybody needs to do right now is to realize that this is where the where it's going and stop and think about your agency. I don't care if you're a, a solo agent or you have 300 employees. You need to look and bring that all in together so that at some point you're going to be able to transfer that data into a system that's going to read and understand it and it's going to make your lives so much easier and it's going to make this industry so much better. That's right. Mike, you're right. One of the things that may not make sense to you, but I want you to constantly think about it, loyal listeners, when you hear about this. In the world of where we're going and where other industries already are, we cannot have a world where we have upload and download. That does not work. That would be like saying we have one road from New York to LA and everybody else is on their own. Maybe that's a bad analogy. I don't know, but it kind of works. It's up and down. It's one way. Data has to move left to right. Data has to move right to left. So when we're talking about this picture, this big abyss of just data from the carrier and from the vendors, and it's all there, that needs to be easily transferred up, down, left, right, move side, left. It needs to go from the sales department back to, you know, over to the service department and then the service department back over to uh, billing. And it needs to be able to be moved and grabbed and seen by anybody to make this an effortless system to make everybody be able to design their own customer experience for their own clients. One of the reasons why we've been held back in niches for so long is that we don't have a way to directly know or let our clients know what we do. One of the things I thought about one time, and I should have a podcast on this, um, is the reason I've looked at why, just my thoughts, no, no scientific uh, research here, is to why doctors and lawyers have have specialized and niched out and why other professions haven't. And I think it has to do with the referral system. When I go to my generalist, if they see that I have a problem with my foot, they're going to send me to the podiatrist. If they, if my generalist sees I have a problem with my heart, they're going to send me to the cardiologist. 
if an a, a customer comes to the in, to buy insurance and they find out that they need annuity insurance, that agent writes it. If they find annuity insurance, if they need an annuity, that agent writes it. If they find out they need life insurance, that agent writes it. If they find out that they need uh, auto insurance, that an agent writes it. If they're a manufacturer, that agent will write it. If they're a shoe store, that agent will write it. Do you see this? We're preventing each other from not knowing. When we're able to share data and start to see who the expert is, I'll give you a case in point here, loyal listeners. Chris Green, you know Chris Green? Chris Green is great at flood insurance. I don't deal with flood insurance anymore. Flood insurance comes in, boom, kick it over to him. Chris Green is the only one in flood right now. He, he does. A, there's other people, but like on a national basis that people know about him, there's going to be a hundred of him here pretty soon. And that's good because when that comes in, I'm going to be able to transfer that data left and right, not just up and down through a highway that the company or Ivan's or some third party has set. I'm going to be able to transfer that data to where it's like, hey, hey, Chris, this is yours. Boom, boom, boom. He can see everything that happened when the person called, who the person is, where they already live at. Have they already made contact with other people? He's comparing it across data points, across a million different areas, bringing it all back into his computer. What's this customer look like in other countries? What do the flood maps look like? Boom, 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 boom. It's all right there in front of him so that he can create that better customer experience. And I can have faith in the fact that I am going to send him the information. Now, the, 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 the doctors are like, here, here's a copy of your information or take it with you or I'll send it over there. But they don't have upload and download. They don't say, okay, well, we're going to upload it to Blue Cross Blue Shield and then tell that doctor to download it from Blue Cross Blue Shield. No, that's not how it works. It's silly. They have, a, they have an office or a hospital administration system that moves that stuff separately. Or now it's like put into a medical billing on a national level um, uh, files so that those can be accessed. So we have to start thinking about what these other industries are doing and start looking at this and saying, this is, this, is not, this is new for us, but it's not new for the rest of the world. I really appreciate your time, Mike. I appreciate you coming on and uh, spending some time with us. I knew we, this would be a long one, but I think, uh, I think we could probably go on for a long time, and I think the li- listeners truly enjoyed it. I really do. Uh, it, was a, it was a blast. Uh, always a pleasure to talk to you and uh... – start talking about some, some, some problems that uh, some people are trying to solve and, and, and hopefully the momentum just keeps going. And all you loyal listeners, keep in mind in about two or three podcasts from now, you'll hear the podcast I did with Mike. And then you're going to go, oh my God, this guy is so much cooler than I thought. Like he was cool in the first one. Now that I know who he is, this guy rocks. So then you come back and you listen to this one again. Okay. But also remember, go to AIbrainshare.com. There's two things you can do there. You can buy the recordings, but also get on the wait list. If you want to be on the wait list, I'm serious. All details are going to be coming out in January 1st and a registration will open up the first Monday in February. And literally, I'm going to be personally inviting people from July or January 1st to February 1st. If your name is on the list, you will definitely be seriously considered. Um, I think last year we had 18 people on the list, but we opened it up like the last month. We had 18 people on the list, and I think like 11 of those got in. And so it was really good. And the only reason there was only 11 is because I wish I could have invited more, but we were sold out. Go to AIbrainshare.com. Get on the waiting list. You can also, if you want to buy the recordings, they're out there. Mike, appreciate your time very much. And loyal listeners, he was a real agent inside a real agency, giving you the real agency intelligence. We both were spitting as much agency intelligence as game as we could to you today. And then tell me what you think about this. Jason at growprogram.com. Tell me your thoughts. Tell me your ideas. And I'm going to tell the world what you have to say. This is Cass. This was Mike. We're out. 
Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now, listen, I'm an agency owner. And I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you've got to do is you got to admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, virtual intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial but you've got time to search it and look at it that's what we do we deliver high quality ve's we mix the technology with it we train them on the technology give them and the technology to you and you're off to the races i'm not joking with you You can call my agency at any time ask for lordland and we do ask her say how fast are you able to do quotes i've actually got a couple videos of it that's right we can do five to ten carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes so you give me an auto quote i can do five to ten carriers in three to seven minutes how are we doing it we're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence give us a call check us out you can ask for me personally i'll do the demo for you who are they cast certified